I was at my desk when my mobile phone binged, announcing a new text message. It was from my daughter Claire, a senior in high school, and her message was straightforward. I want to learn how to meditate, it said. I texted back, why? And she said she just had a couple of very interesting and profound conversations with some friends. I asked her to call me. She responded she would after eating lunch. Claire, along with my other children, doesn't live with me, but she has spent much time at my home. Over the years, she's become quite familiar with the Tibetan Buddhist images and icons. She understands and enjoys the tankas and prayer flags and malas and incense, my stories of India, and a variety of other assorted things. And while numerous seeds have naturally planted, I've not manipulated or pressured her or them, my other kids, in any way to pursue Dharma. As I waited for her call, I gathered some thoughts and ideas. I'll probably not share these with Claire so soon, but we'll be mindful of them while we speak. I share them with you here. Meditation is, among many other things, a wonderful way of learning how our mind works. And in terms of living with clarity and well-being, it is one of the very best things we can do. Gom, the Tibetan word that means meditation, translates more accurately to familiarize. Additionally, the Tibetan word for Buddhist is Nangpa, which means insider someone who seeks the truth not outside but within the nature of his or her own mind. Most Westerners equate mind with thinking, but in Buddhism it is acknowledged to be much more. Mind is the entire spectrum of our inner experiences, thoughts, feelings, perceptions, consciousness, subconsciousness, unconsciousness, much more than just our thoughts. Mind is the basis of our entire experience, our perceiver, translator, reflector, and mirror. Without it, there is nothing. Every moment of which we are aware, every concept we have, every aspect of our sense of self, anything and everything that is, comes to us through the, at its core, clear, brilliant, multifaceted jewel that is our mind. To begin a meditation practice is to learn how to observe the mind and at some point and for some people a small at first awakening occurs an awakening to a profound understanding i'll attempt to explain this metaphorically often referred to as an aha moment it's as if we've been living in a small windowless room for our entire life comfortably and fairly satisfied with what the room contains. Then one day a window appears and opens. Gazing out for the first time, there is so much to see. There's so much there. Vastly more than what we've been told and led to believe there is or could be. At that moment, our little room, which encompassed everything of which we were ever aware, becomes just a little room and our relationship to everything inside and now outside as well changes, including most significantly the relationship we have with ourself. Once we have this view, we're never the same again, nor would most of us want to be.
The philosopher George Gurdjieff wrote that in order to become free, one must first understand that he or she is in prison. So it is with our minds as well. We may think and believe we are free because we can do so many different things. Many of us can have nearly anything we want, can go where we'd like, can read and write and eat when we want, can speak freely. We might like to think we're free. It's a nice thought, but this freedom is confined to making choices within narrow, self-made parameters. And once we begin to sit, breathe, and look inside, this all becomes very clear. Our mind churns anger and attachment and aversion, fear, doubt, worries, and arrogance, jealousies and self-centeredness, all swirling about in and out of our thoughts, intentions, and actions. To see and understand this is to realize that as long as our mind is clouded by the ignorance that allows these states of mind to arise, jerking us up and down, back and forth, we are not really free. We could never be free. We are living our life under the control of confusing misunderstandings and delusions in partnership with the unending parade of our afflictive emotions, and there is no freedom there. Ah, the human condition, you might say. Perhaps, but not necessarily so. Because sometimes a path of self-discovery appears, inviting us to sit and watch and listen and learn and understand. Emerging from long-held misunderstandings and confusion, in clarity we find true freedom. A meditation practice fosters a healthy curiosity which, for some, leads to the Buddhist curriculum, and then our path truly unfolds. It can be a gnarly path, challenging at times, demanding honesty and hard work, but navigating and traveling upon it often leads to wonderful rewards. Our mind is the ongoing basis of who and what we are. With meditation, it becomes infused with unbinding insights, bringing about generosity, patience, confidence, and joy, all of which leads to increasingly potent purpose and strength. These mind states then enrich virtue and well-being, and the blossoming of wisdom, the fountainhead of compassionate intentions and actions that blossom into causes of true happiness. Meditation is a key component in this process, which, combined with learning, contemplation, and virtuous engagements, brings about the highest and most effective remedy to our everyday challenges, the purest state of mind, bodhicitta. This is our most profound, clearest, most brilliant nature, beyond which there is no greater virtue, bodhicitta simplicity within exquisite beauty, the mind that intuitively and skillfully takes the welfare of others in care more than oneself. Those on the Mahayana path have come to experience bodhicitta's awakening in many different ways, at different times, in different places, and everyone sets off from their own unique trailhead perhaps even starting with a text message from a daughter to her dad that says, I want to learn how to meditate.
This recording, titled, I Want to Learn How to Meditate, was written by Mark Winwood and included in his 2016 collection of writings, I'm Stopping My Finger Now, Tibetan Buddhist Musings for Western Life. Mark, that's me, is the founder of the Chenrizig Project, a USA-based Tibetan Buddhist study and practice group with an increasingly international online presence. You can learn more about the Chenrizig Project at www.chenrizigproject.org. That's C-H-E-N-R-E-Z-I-G project.org. Our accompanying music titled The Sensitive Chef was composed and performed by the San Francisco Bay Area musician Bobby Vega and appears on his 1997 album Down the Road, released by Toothless Monkey Music. You can learn more about Bobby and his music at his website, www.bobbyvega.com, that's B-O-B-B-Y-V-E-G-A.com, or as he's very findable online, you can simply Google his name or look for his numerous videos on YouTube. We remain grateful to Bobby for his friendship, his talents, and his generosity in sharing his beautiful music in these broadcasts. Please feel free to share the link to this with those you feel it might resonate. And thank you for listening. <laughs>